Hello. Hello. Is this Allison Victoria? This sure is. Can you hear me loud and clear? <laughs> we can hear you loud and clear. Wow, girl. there she is. This is the real Allison Victoria? The real deal. I know I sound like a man, but it's me. Wow. <laughs> Holy cow. This is so cool. So uh, you have any questions for us or you want to just jump into this thing? I mean, let's do it. All right, cool. I'm gonna kick off with a I'm gonna kick off with a little intro, and then we'll just jump into it. All right. All right, cool. All right, awesome. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Home with the Cousins, where we like to say there is no straight line through a construction project, and it's our job to help you zig and zag in the most efficient manner possible to save you time, money, and heartache throughout the process. In this episode, we have our kitchen sister, the only female crasher, and our friend, the lovely and talented Miss Allison Victoria, joining us all the way from Chi-Town to share some of her design and project expertise. So we're going to jump right into it. Allison, you there? Hi, guys. What a great lead-in. Thank you. <laughs> that was a good Thanks. one. I to say. That, was, that was very nice. You know, listen, I've been that practicing was. this for days. It's, you know, it's Allison you, Victoria here. Did you write that down? No, that just came out. Uh, that, I, I wrote that down. That is enough. all from his mind, Allison. Yeah, I, Come on. He, he just spat that out, and he was going in. Listen, time is money. I know you're a busy lady. I wanted to make sure I got oh, that one. God. Take one. No worries. I'm charging you guys for this anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all seriousness, though, we really appreciate you taking the time. And um, oh, of course, y- you know, I mean, I know we've talked a little bit, uh, obviously not uh, not on the air about about what we're trying to do here. But you know, the the big thing is trying to share with everybody real in depth knowledge that we can't get out in 22 minutes. Um, that that you know that we we're. We're all proud of the shows we're making and the, and the pretty pictures you get to see at the end of it and giving people all these ideas. But we want to give them the knowledge to kind of, you know, if they're doing their own projects, how to not fuck up, you know? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how, to, how to learn what not to do and, and never, you know, and never cost yourself more money. Exactly. Um, but to start, let's talk about TV. So Kitchen Crashers, our kitchen sister from another mister. Uh, yeah. How many seasons? How many episodes of that did you do? We did uh, nine seasons, and it was like 162 episodes or wow. something. Whoa. Big time. Big time. Yeah. Big time. Um, Which is why I have two herniated discs in my neck. Uh, uh, so that's good. It's, use, it's using that sledgehammer, taking down the walls, taking out the cabinets. We know how it goes. Yeah, we're going to have to talk more about that. I know you were texting me, but oh my man, God. I, I feel your pain, girl. And it's... it's you know that that's the kind of pain I wouldn't wish on on people I don't even like. So like my worst enemy. I said that the other day. Yeah. And it's like you know, my doctor said, "Well, what kind of work are you in?" And I told him I I demoed 160 kitchens, and he was like, "Okay, okay, that, that would explain okay, it." Maybe that's in it. Yeah, yeah. And Allison, and you guys know, listen, we demo. I, I demo a little bit, but then we've got a huge team that comes in. I mean, I can't. You can't do it all in four days. No. Of no, course. absolutely. Of right. course, absolutely right. And uh, Windy City Rehab, loving it. So it's Windy City Flip, which I'm actually happier with that name because I feel like a lot of people are really kind of when you hear rehab. I I don't know. Maybe too many people have been in rehab, but it didn't. <laughs> so yeah, so Windy City Flip just premiered. Dig it. Um, loved it. Loved. I, I just want to say I loved the premiere episode. I was I was little. I didn't know what was going to happen with the back and forth and the brown and white cabinets. I was like, "Is the sale going to go through? Are they actually going to listen? Are they going to listen to a professional designer 
and really take your advice for the historic nature of why you picked that color. Well, you know, and I'm so glad you brought that up because it's so funny. So I got into the development game like a year and a half ago and I bought, I'm this is all my, these are all my homes, right? right. And so in my head, I was like, okay, I'm going to build these homes, design these homes, bring in architectural artifacts. So even if these are new construction, they're going to look like they've been there a hundred years. Right. Um, and then after I'm done with them, I'm just going to sell them, right? I'm going to skate them and sell them. Well, Listen, I am blessed to be saying this, but all of a sudden we're pre-selling these houses, and next thing you know, you're dealing with the dreaded buyer, (laughs) and all of a sudden I feel like I'm back right in my first job out of college where I'm building a custom home. So that one was a really kind of a sore spot for me because, you know, I really wanted them to see it in a space. You guys know this as well as I do as designers. But this is... that's. yeah, that it's that's an interesting point you're making because f- from two guys who were, who have been in the development game for a decade, and maybe this is because you know we we went through 2008 and it hurt really really bad. Oh yeah, the you know building a spec home versus selling that spec home before you put a dime into it that is like the best thing in the world. That is the mother load. You, so, you hit the mother load uh, while I <laughs> you appre- take that monkey off your back. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So you, that I mean that's well, that's yeah. amazing. You're right, and it's, you know, I'm looking at it a different way now. I'm trying to be more positive about it because there are so many negatives, and, like, you guys know, most people are not visual people. So that's why we have jobs, and that's why we're good at what we do because we can kind of visualize it without having a drawing or anything. We just walk into a space. We're like, oh, my God, we know what we're going to do. But having someone come in to buy before I'm even, like, framing, what that allows me to do is then that frees up my ability to buy more homes right. because Absolutely. It, shows, it doesn't show it as debt for me on my credit, you know, and with my loan. Right. And so I'm allowed to buy more. So it's good and it's bad. No, a hundred percent. And you know, we, we ran into that one of the one project we did, maybe two. Um, but the first one that this happened on where somebody bought it prior to us uh, doing the construction, we got in the same situation you did. And it taught us that, even if we pre-sell, we're going to have a set amount of customization you can do. So look, you're going to pre-buy this based off the plans. You cannot move a single wall. You got you, the, the layout is the layout that we're giving you. We're going to let you customize your kitchen and like your floor color and your paints, but the majority of the finishes are going to be predetermined because we, we didn't want to get into that situation either. So I, I, I appreciate it on, on both sides. It's like I'm stoked that it's off my books and I can go buy something else and get ready and prep. But then it's like, oh, God, I got a whole nother interior design project I got to do with a private client. No, it's so funny. You couldn't know exactly what I'm talking about. It's craziness because like right out of college, you know, you're building from the ground up. And everything is custom. So they get to pick everything. And it takes, you know, six months just to do that before you even, you know, break ground. So this new show for me, you know, Kitchen Crashers was awesome. And it was such a weird, crazy uh, opportunity for me that I, I didn't pursue and, and ended up just changing my, my life. Right. And it's never changed the, the, the course of and path of my dreams, which is always being a designer. So, you know, they really wanted to put me in this contractor role where it was like mainly, you know, listen, I, I could step up, I can do the work and I'm paying for it now in my neck, but 
I I could do I could do it all, but you, your real passion is design, and so this new show, Windy City Slip, is really allowing me to showcase more of that. And, you know, and it's so cool. And Allison, let me let me ask you this question because. Of course, a lot of our listeners and people are in the flipping business, right? It's it's a, it's one of the hottest topics I think in real estate right now. The advice I would like to get from you that you if you can give out to all of our listeners is exactly what you just said. You said it's good and bad when you do pre-sale it. And I think and this is things that can happen and feedback we're getting is some of the flippers they put too much on their plate. Do you feel because you pre-sold it and you wanted to jump into another project and buy something and maybe stretch yourself too thin, is that something that you would recommend or is it really based off of the, I guess, the knowledge and the experience that a flipper has? Because you can run yourself, if you stretch yourself too thin where you're like, oh, well, I pre-sold this one. So you know what? I'm just going to keep on going. I'm going to buy the next one, next one, next one. Where would you gauge that? Would you say, hey, maybe slow it down a little bit or speed it up? I, that's an awesome question. Uh, it was really long, but it was awesome. Hey, that's what I do. You know, you know, I'm long-winded, Allison. I'm a, I know how you, you know are. How I talk. I know. <laughs> I know you guys very, very well. Everyone listening, like we are very good friends, so I get it. But no, so here's what I would say. So my very first flip, I had like four investors, right, which was very messy, just because very convoluted, and there's too many you know, cooks in the kitchen and it just, you know, was weird. But, um, my next one, I had one investor to buy three homes. So having that investor, look, it's always me and my business partner, Donovan on the loan and that's it. No one else goes on the loan. Okay. And then what we do is a joint venture agreement with our investor. So let's say, I'm going to give you a hypothetical. What are they giving you money for? So, so yeah, I'd like to know, I guess, let everybody know what you, what they're giving you money for based off of what you're getting. Right. If you don't have it, if you don't have the money, you're not doing anything because you are going, I hate to say it, you're 90% of you are going to lose. You need to count. You don't know what you're doing. You have no clue. You know, if, you, if unless you have been in the design and construction game and you know the right people for the job, then you will fail. And I hate setting up any anyone up to fail. So I would I would never recommend just oh let's flip a house. So you're so so okay, so if you're going to flip, it's having the right contractor and designer to supplement to supplement you and help oh you. Oh my god, do your homework. Okay, if you think you've got the best, you know, contractor, you're going to call the last six projects he's done, and you're going to ask a million questions, and you're going to call the designer's referral anyone. Anyone that they've worked with, and you're going to say, how was it? Okay, these are very intimate relationships, and these are very scary relationships. And so if you don't, if you don't hear good news, you're not using these people, number one. Thank you number for echoing Number two, if that. you have to, yeah, and if you have the cash and you plan on doing your first flip by yourself, you know, what it is is you've got to make sure you're getting the right loan amount. And if you're getting the loan amount, are you doing a construction loan as well? So you're looking at all of that, right? And does it, typically over a 12-month period, right? It's how they gauge it with your loan. And so let's say, because I'm not trying to say me. I'm different just because I was lucky enough to have this investor come in on the first three, which then took me to a whole new level. Correct. Uh, but again, sticking to this hypothetical that we're talking about, one first-time flipper, doing your homework on your contractor and your designer, first and foremost, before you even 
find a property, right? Then finding the ugliest house on the block <laughs> it, Smart. It, yes. you know, in, a, in an area that you know is hot or is going to be very soon, right? And then, you know, really knowing that you've got the timeline down, your schedule is so important, and everyone knows that things can hold it up. I get it, you get it. But there should never be anything major that's going to hold it up. So the inspection is very important, and then really going from there and, and getting your plans done and right and selecting your finishes up front, getting them ordered. That way there's no delays. Like yes. having a place to store it where it's safe. All Amen. of your tiles. Amen. Your roughing, your plumbing, you know, you know, all of your trim finishes, all everything. And then you can beat your schedule, pay off the loan, you know, pay off all the damn closing costs and the realtor fees and all this stuff. And there you go. And now, depending on, because this is tricky too, depending on this kind of tax deferral, like if you can 1031 exchange it, which if, if you don't know what 1031 exchange is, is, it allows you to take the profit that you get from your, your flip. Let's say, let's say you make 500000 Sometimes, not all the time, it depends on, you've got to ask your own, you know, accountant, attorneys, you can actually take that and put it right back into your next flip and pay zero tax on Yeah, the, the 1031, the 1031, I think you have to close on the new property within 90 days of selling the old yeah. property. And it has to be what's called a like-kind exchange. So it has to be in the same family of buildings. So you can't sell a two-family and buy a 20-family, but you can sell a two-family no. and buy a four-family. It just has to be... It can't be commercial versus residential. Right. You've got to be somewhat in the same family class of of real estate. Um, Two two quick things. I'm not allowed to do that. Yeah, I'm not even allowed to do that because this is my core business. So it's it's tricky. Right. So two two quick notes I want to make for listeners um, because you just gave a lot of great information. Um, And number one, you, you have really echoed what we've gone through in depth in our in our project planning series. So guys, if you are just joining us on the podcast and 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 you're listening to this interview and it's the first episode, um Allison is spot on and we would really encourage you to go back to episode 1, listen through episode 7 and everything she just laid out, you're going to get in 45-minute episodes over seven episodes to really have you understand how important each and every detail is that she just mentioned. Number two, for anybody who is interested in house flipping, don't make the mistake in thinking that Allison said, don't get involved in this game. It's don't try and do what you can't do well, i.e. construction, architecture, design. Hire the right professionals so that you're setting yourself up for success in the event that you're gonna you're you're committed to doing this. Do the project planning, be the project manager uh, or the puppet master, if you will. But don't try and do it all yourself because that's gonna crush a timeline. And if if you know anything about house flipping, timing is absolutely everything. And and Allison, just to just to clarify, you got the loan to buy the property, and then your investor gave you the money to do all of the work and the renovations. Is is that how you kind of Broke it out. Yeah. So, yeah. Got it. So what it is? What actually? What we did? So let's say I bought this house. Let's say I bought a house for seven hundred thousand, and then my investor gave me three hundred thousand. What we did was we actually put that towards the loan. Okay. 
okay. which then allowed banks to, so then it lowered our loan amount. You're, you're averaging your, you're, abs- so, you're averaging your cost down. Yeah. Got Correct. It. So it lowered our loan amount. And then what it does is it allows the bank, because the bank is going to give you a draw every like 30 days Correct. for everything. Yep. And a for lot your of construction. the banks, yep. yeah, they will come out and check the job, right? Yes. It's yep. framed. Absolutely. It's really ready for tile. We're not releasing funds until we know this is for real. So it allowed me to lower the loan amount. And then what we do is at the end, we see what kind of payoff this. So my investor gave me 300. So our joint venture agreement is we're going to give you, and we overpromised and over delivered on the first one. We said like, we like gave him 30, we said, we're going to give you 30% cash on cash. Wow. Well, that's really Wow. Crazy. That's, that's, that's really generous. Awesome. That is nice. Woo. That's you, a nice day. And this was my friend. You guys met him. You know, Dean. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It was crazy talk to even say 30%. We sold this thing. Okay. This was the first episode that you saw. He made like 42% cash on cash. Whoa. Whoa. Sign me up. That's a nice day. Yeah. So now we're like trying to not over deliver. We're like, all right. (laughs) We did did too good. We did too good on the first one. (laughs) It's pretty hard to go backwards there, lady. (laughs) It was crazy. And he's like, oh my God, I've never made this kind of money in the stock market. You know, I mean, it's crazy. But so, yeah, so that, that investor... You could choose to use it however you want. Maybe you put that cash into your, you know, every property should have its own LLC. Absolutely. Own operating agreement between whoever your partners are. Yep. Um, so that way. Cover, that's called cover your ass. <laughs> yeah. Cover your ass. Cover your ass. I mean, it's bad. I mean, I've seen it go down. It has not happened to me. And listen, I am not afraid to ask questions. When I'm on the phone with my lawyers and I'm talking crap that I don't even know, I just immediately say, guys, I don't even know what that term is. What is it? Ask questions. Don't act like you're so cool and so good at it that you just ignore it. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I know what that is. Because that one little thing could make a huge difference. But I, I, I think you're right. 100%. 100%. And, and Allison, I think the overall, I guess, lesson here for everybody at home that is looking to get into flipping it's you spelled it out perfectly. It's having the team. It goes, yes, you said contractor, designer, realtor. It goes beyond that. It's your lawyer. It's your accountant. You have the right team in place to make sure that you're doing everything in the proper manner. You will not fail. You will set yourself up to have those big profit days. Because if you just hear your example and you just went through how much money you made off of that one single project and you crossed all your T's and dotted your I's and that's what we talk about in our in our project planning series. We tell everyone the team is so essential. If you don't have the right team, you're going to fail. It's it's going to happen. And you are the perfect example of, you know, that did not happen. Right. And hey, I learned along the way. I, I had the I was using the same attorney as my business partner. And I was like, all of a sudden, after a couple of deals, I'm like, what the hell am I doing? I love my business partner, but this is a business. It's like a marriage. I hate to say it, guys. I, you know, John, you're married. Um, I'm, not, I'm not trying to bash anything about marriage in general, but I'm saying marriage yeah, you are. is a Yeah, business. here it comes. Here it comes. Let it rip. <laughs> I got to just I just got to say it. This comes from someone who, who got fake married. But uh, 
That's another that's story. A whole that's podcast. a whole other yeah, story. That's a whole different podcast. <laughs> but prenups are in place for a reason because what if, and we don't ever know what if. Correct. You know, you think you you got the perfect person. This is your soulmate, and all of a sudden they like they're like, "Well, I don't love you anymore." Bye. And you don't have a prenup, and you're in a state where it's like no fault, you're screwed. It's the same thing with your business partner. You need to have operating agreements, which in essence are prenups. So if whatever happens happens, your operating agreement states it, and so it's like if if Diamond doesn't agree with what I want then now all of a sudden it goes to, you know, and it's, it's just all laid out. It's a, it's so, a, it's a great point. And it's, you know, the way I always kind of lay that out is make the decisions on what's going to happen when things go bad, when you're still friends or when you still love each other. Right. If you, if you talk it out when everything is copacetic and everybody is on the same page, well then when the shit hits the fan, there's a document in place that says this is the order of operations to dissolve this. This is who gets what. This is how this is how the business is going to end because we're no longer on the same page. But thankfully, we decided what was what when when everybody was still cool. Yes, and that when you say the team is is really what makes this successful, it's it's what I've said from the beginning. Is you, you know people say, oh, you're so great at what you do. I'm like, no, no, no. We are so great. Right. I am only as good as the people that I work with and surround myself with. It's like it's like back in like high school. It's like if you hang with the wrong crowd, but you're a good kid, you're being judged because of the people you're around. Absolutely. Okay? So you need to look at it that way when it comes to flipping homes. It's like get your team in place. Now, I learned early on that I didn't have the right team necessarily. It was a good team, but it just had way too much. It was just like, it we were just kind of, it was a conflict of interest. And now I'm learning like all these other attorneys I need to have, like trust and estate planners. And, you know, what if I die? Like who gets all the money from these houses? Like I'm 36 years old. I feel like sometimes I'm 25 years old and I actually act like it all. <laughs> sometimes now like sometimes all we act business. young. Yeah. I mean, I, I do it way too often. Uh, I just feel like, all this grown-up shit just sucks. <laughs> it just God. sucks. It's I think fun. that may be the quote of the podcast right <laughs> there. That's what sucks. we're going to lead with. Grown-up shit sucks. Oh, my God. I hate it. So, Allison, you know, I, I want to shift gears slightly and ask you how you made the... Well, before I do that, I, you know, one last comment about the, the way you build your team. And, and John and I talk about this quite a bit. Oddly, we feel like TV prepared us for the insanity that is, you know, trying to flip homes or, you know, the, 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 the schedules that we operate on, on in television, we, there's a level that most people don't understand what's possible that we kind of have, have gotten a peek behind that curtain. It's like, you can't do that in four days, but want to bet, dude, <laughs> we've done 60 of them in this, in this time frame, you know? So it's, exactly. I, I think that that little glimpse of television is is um, you know it, it benefits the real world in the sense that you understand if you if the team is right what you can actually accomplish which is which is pretty crazy. But the follow up question I wanted to ask you was um, how you made the transition from straight up designer to running your own development company. I mean that's no small leap. 
So I always, I think what happened was during Kitchen Crashers, we did a lot. I would say 80% of the show was done in Chicago. So I got to really see so many different neighborhoods in Chicago. And all of a sudden I started seeing these like new construction homes going up and they were all these like concrete glass shit boxes. Like concrete honestly, glass shit boxes. That could yeah, be the second yeah. quote. I don't know. That that that's might that might one. be the second quote. That's another one. You guys know what I'm talking about. I mean, where you live, I mean it's very it's like all of a sudden they're throwing up these really contemporary, horrendous cookie cutter crap. Yep. Yep. And they're they're making money. And I'm sitting here going, good for them that they're making money, but shame on you for insulting this city for what it's known and, for. And, and, if, and, and if you guys out there listening haven't been to Wicker Park area of Chicago, uh, there are some pretty amazing historic homes there. So that's... I that, live in one. I, 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 yeah. know, I know you do, but I, I encourage anybody, anybody who's getting to, to, to Chicago, take a walk through Wicker Park, go check out some of what Allison's talking about because she is spot on and the homes are are awesome. And it, it really is, it truly is a shame to 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 take the period correctness out of a, a structure like that. And they're all, they were all doing it. And so all of a sudden, and I'll tell you what, Kitchen Crashers prepared me for everything. It was such a huge <laughs> stepping stone for me in my career. Yeah. And it just, I, Donovan and I met because he was the contractor on Kitchen Crashers for like four episodes. We never became friends from that. All of a sudden, I was talking to one of my realtor friends. He's like, hey, I'm sitting with your buddy, Donovan, blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, Donovan's got this development company. He's doing like smaller deals. I said, let's do some big stuff. Here's what I want to do. I want to build homes in the Wicker Park, Bucktown area that that look like they've been here for a hundred years, even if we're building them from the ground up. That's cool. Or I want to restore, you know, something that was maybe done in like the eighties. There's a lot of that around here mm-hmm. and, and really make it and bring it back to like, my home was in 1905. I gutted this place. When I bought that piece of crap, people would run by the house because it was so scary. <laughs> and because it's a historic home, I couldn't really mess with the facade much without going through so many hoops and I didn't want to do it. So I run the house and people stop. I'm not even kidding. People stop and take pictures of it every single day. And I just put it on the market and sold it in 30 days. Like, wow. Unbelievable. Crazy. Like I, I just want to keep doing that. So that's what got me from going designer to developer. Cause I said, you know, I started right out of college building from the ground up. I did it for four years with Christopher Holmes mm-hmm. when the market was so hot in Las Vegas. We were doing 30 homes a month. That's Whoa. So what was that? Was that 2000? What year was that? That was, let's see, I graduated in 98. That was 2003. Okay, yes, 2003, that's really, yeah, things were very hot. That's right, when we started our company. 30, I mean, guys, 30, 30 homes a month that were selling for a million plus, and guess what? Because I still live in Vegas, I live right by all those homes, they're 400,000 right oh now. Oh, my God. 500. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's Whoa. tough. That's tough. That's why Vegas took the biggest hit. Yeah, absolutely. Vegas and Miami like, were the were the disasters. You gotta be careful. You look at a home builder like that who's aggressive and out of nowhere, done. Yeah. Christopher Holmes went down the drain and now they rebuilt themselves up by rehabbing 
all of their homes because they know that times have changed. People want a modern look. So they've really been smart about it. But everyone needs to be that smart. Don't take on and bite off too much. Bite off more than you can chew. There it is. There it is. So so let me ask you this then. What would you give advice because you've done it all? You you worked for residential you have now worked of course in television and you have your own projects where you are developer contractor designer people doing their own renovation projects how do you feel about one hiring a designer to be involved in the project and two what are your thoughts on places to splurge and actually spending money on some things that are maybe a little out of their comfort zone because I think a lot of people get, always get nervous and we travel the country and we're all over the place. Everyone's like, where should I splurge? Should I do this? Should I not? I'm really nervous about resale. You always get those questions. So I'm just curious about kind of what your take is on it. Okay. So number one question. So you asked me about designers. So let me tell you something. I tell everybody this and I do these home shows. Hiring a designer for most people is very intimidating and they're very expensive. What I think is great, like when I think about the people that I went to school with at UNLV, let's say there were like 30 kids in my class, okay? Yep. Now, you can't just learn how to be a good designer. You're either good at it or you're not, okay? And there were a lot of people in my class that just were not good and never did anything with it because you just can't learn it. You have it or you don't. So my recommendation is going to some of these better schools, like in Chicago, there's this school called the Harrington School of Design. Mm-hmm. Only the best of the best are in there. Hiring a student, think about it. Giving them the opportunity to, like, kind of do something while they're in college, because that's what I got to do. I interned and in, in college, which is why it took me seven years to graduate, but it doesn't matter. Um, but if someone had hired me, number one, I would probably have charged them, like, I don't know, 50 bucks an hour, probably 25 at the time. Yep. And I probably, would have, I probably would have killed it. And I would have done, you know, a great job for them. I would have learned a lot. I would have maybe learned a lot of what not to do or what to do next time, especially when it comes to the invoicing and stuff. So I highly recommend interviewing designers that are like fresh and young and right out of college. Hungry. And, they're, they're, they're hungry and they want to get their yes. first project. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're not the Stuck up, like, listen, I, I I don't think of myself as a stuck-up designer. It's like, I'm snap judgment. I like what I like. I have no time for bullshit. I, I don't want to listen to anyone. I know what I want, and I just do it. And, and I do the same with, with my clients. It's like, you're not getting three options for tile. You're getting one. Um, I like that. I, I like I, that. Take take out take yeah. out all all of the thought process and say, hey, look, I know this looks good. Just Just go with it. <laughs> Like, what is a designer? Why are you trying to give them too many options? I know. Already confused, I know. You make it more why difficult. they hired you. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So, so you're not going to get that from these young, hungry designers. So that I is my recommendation. Okay? okay. And again, if you're planning on doing and hiring some designer, you've heard so many great things about, and they're so they're so awesome. Just like I said beforehand, call five of their last clients. Ask if you can see the work. Ask questions about everything. Did you enjoy the work? Is there something you would have done differently? Would you hire them again? You know, like really do your homework people. And then, um, 
because I just rambled a little bit. Your second question was... Uh, so the second question is, what do you really, I, people are always asking us, they're nervous about splurging and spending ah, too much. And you know, it's, they always say to us, do I make my place different? Do I make it exactly the same? I'm nervous. I don't know. Do I, do I go with just, you know, the, the, the whites and grays or do I find that one element that I make it stand out? I mean, we get a lot of different answers on this. So I'm curious your take on it. Okay. So I get this a lot too. So it's so funny. If it's your personal home, and I've done this a couple times with clients, they're like, we're built, let's say we're building someone's home. They're like, oh, we want to keep it really neutral, you know, for resale. I'm like, are you flipping the house? No, 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 we're going to live here. I go, then what do you want? Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. You're living in this house. If you want red cabinets, you go get yourself some red cabinets. But you better do it in a red paint. That way, when you go to sell, you can paint them white. Don't do it in, like, a high-gloss, some expensive cabinet, yep. you know, company, some, you know, you know, whatever, European designer, and you're spending all this money. But live in the house that you love and do what you love in the house that you live in. And don't worry about resale if you plan on living there. Um, where you should splurge, in my opinion, is on all of the bathroom finishes, okay? Tile. There are places like in Chicago that I go to, like like Tile Outlet, where I'm getting like marble for you know, and this is marble mosaics that come on the you know mesh mount twelve by twelve, right. yep. and I'm getting it for like five bucks a square foot. Where wow. you would go somewhere else, and it's you know fifteen. Yeah. So find some of these Tile Outlet places in your hood, and you know, and and do the marble. Don't. Stop. I, if I see fake marble ever again, like I'm fine with it on your countertop. You do I love your marble. You you do love you love your marble. You love your Carrera love marble, it. Calcutta marble. You love it. And I put it on. I put it on countertops too. So, but I'm just crazy mainly because I don't cook. So, in my own personal home. That's I what we marble. say. Hey, you're you're right. Yeah. You got to know how you how you actually work with it inside your home. If you don't cook much, then right. yeah, go for it. Yeah, but like every. Bill on my countertop has a story and That's I cool. love every cool. one of them. And it's like, <laughs> you know, I, I just think that splurge on obviously the kitchen, the master bathroom yep. and the closets, like make closets, sure closets good call. Good call. And master bedroom are correct because men and women, you know, cohabitating is very difficult. And so right now, like my boyfriend and I are getting ready to move into this new house and it's like, uh, closet space. Like, <laughs> you know, you Allison, do? that's some of the best advice I've heard in a long time. I, I am a, I am a true believer in, uh, in the double vanities, uh, for, for, for happiness in the home. Uh, but, yes. the, but the closet, but the closet is a damn freaking close second, if not a first. I mean, that is, that's, yeah. that, that's sharp. I like that. I like that a lot. Oh yeah. Michael's getting the big closet because I I wear like literally wear workout clothes every day, so I don't really. So have he's it. so I he's have getting it. the big closet. Hold I on love a it. I, I love it. come on. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. I'm buying it, Allison. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's the I, only way I could get him to move in with me, guys. Oh my god, I love it. But that is a great point because you know what, Allison. I think, of course, a lot of people you know say, okay, kitchen. You made a great point about the tile for the bathrooms. But closet space, 
that probably, if you put it on a list and had couples fill out problem areas inside the home, that's got to be top three always. Always. Yeah, I, it's like top, it's like in my top two right now. Yeah, probably what is I'm top two. People, people are asking for it. It's crazy because it's like, okay, fine, you know, the, the master bedroom might not be huge, but the closets better be big enough and they better be separate because... You know, or, you know, if you do have one, at least you can separate it equally where you've got, you know, enough room for each of you. Yeah. Well, and, I just think that it's overlooked so much. And I think if people, in all honesty, everyone listening, if you are designing or doing a renovation, if you can steal and take some room away from the master bedroom, because again, why do you need dead? You don't want to have dead space, right? What's the point of having this big room with dead space? And you can make larger walk-in closets, his and her, larger master bath. I would rather do that because that's the stuff you need the storage. You want a little luxury. You're in your room. You're just going to fall asleep in there. Well, so, there's kind of two things you do. In well, there's two things. <laughs> A couple of things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but both of them require a bed, and as long as you can walk around yes. the bed, you're kind of fine. Absolutely. I agree with you, bro. I, I I'm a I'm a fan of stealing some square footage out of a out of a bedroom to to, to get some additional uh, storage. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I am too. So, and we're doing that with a couple houses right now. You know, we just looked and I said, listen, we got we got to bring this master bedroom out a little bit if we can, so we can increase the space of the closet and. You know, and we're constantly looking at that. So That's it great. has become a big issue. So, uh, yeah. Allison, you know, I got you, you're mentioning multiple projects. I'm I'd be curious to know number one how many you have going on, and then the second part would be how many of those projects do you have going on at the same time, and then the last part would be. Do you have one contractor doing all of them, or do you have multiple contractors on your team to kind of spread that out? So I have currently seven houses. Is that me? Uh, no, oh, no, that's, that's the uh, lovely city of Jersey. That's city, Jersey City uh, Fire oh, Department. God. I'm surprised. I'm like sitting next to the fire department in Chicago. I'm just so surprised nothing happened. Oh. Yeah, it's, um, it's these high tech microphones we have. Here. <laughs> oh my god! That's okay. Hey, city living, city living. Amen. I have um, I have seven homes right now. Um, all of them going at the same time. Now, All of them of going them, at the same time. Wow. Okay. Yes. I'm staging one of them um, and showing it to a potential buyer on Tuesday. So I, I started my own staging company, which has been very helpful. Because, That's good. That's a good point. Very good point. Yeah, because let me tell you something. It's it's like the trick of the eye, right? We want people walking in our homes and being like, okay, this is how we would lay it out. Oh, oh my God! Actually, we love all the furniture. Can we buy it? Which is always the best case Even scenario. So I've done that a couple times. But you know, other than that, we've got one home that's—I would say ninety-five percent completed and ready to to go. And the rest are all under construction. So we just look at our—we looked at our eighth one um, yesterday afternoon at like five, and it was a real tricky one just as far as how we were going to do this and. They're asking eight hundred for it, and if we're trying to sell it for let's say one point three, that means we can't put that much into not, it. Not, into not it, yeah. a lot of room there. Yep. No, and, and you know, uh, is it worth doing a deal where I couldn't possibly, if I could make twenty thousand? That sounds great, but then after taxes, is it no. worth all that? The amount of time yeah. and effort that so, goes into it, you want to be in the six figures there. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I don't want like to bring an investor in on that one and lose more money. So, you know, but we've got seven at the same time. We're flip-flopping between them. The best part is they're all around my house in this area. So you have so the I one just, you have the one GC on 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 all your 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 partner well, Donovan's ma- managing yeah, all that. I part, my partner Donovan is the GC on all of them. Okay. We have three project managers that flip-flop between but my main guy is this guy Tom. Yeah, who's so Tom. he wouldn't be considered a small GC. He's probably a mid-sized company, and 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 he can handle that many projects. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like his his father's had his own development company, and so like you know they're actually working on you know big big stuff like right. you know condos, churches. You know, I mean ground up stuff. So they're they're doing. That's they, it, they just have their hands in everything, and then. The collaboration has just been so good for us because we're we're able to help each other. That's really Not great. So what, at the level of kind of seven at a time, you're looking at finishing one and buying one. So you'll kind of perpetually be in a, in a cycle of, of seven at a time until you feel like you want to sell out or, or just keep going. Yeah. And I feel like the, with the market being the way that it is in Chicago, I'm not stopping. And the best part is, you know, obviously, fingers crossed, I do feel really confident that the show is going to get picked up. But you guys know, as well as I do, you don't know how this works. The yep. network, they might love the show. The ratings might have been awesome and off the charts. But then ultimately, they're like, nah, we don't want So I never know, but I just right. have this gut feel. I do, and, and my gut feels like it's going to get picked up. That's great. And if it does, we've got to do, let's say they say we want eight episodes, you know, in season one. Uh, I need to buy probably eight more houses. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, but yeah, so. exactly right. But but well, you got to start each one of. I mean, you need a start to finish for for a for a series to work out. I got to flip flop between houses. Sure, but I got to have all eight that I'm starting. Right, but it's nice to have a core business that's going to lend itself to TV and not the other way around. Exactly, and that's the only reason that I shot the sizzle reel to begin with was. I was like, you know what? Kitchen Crashers was a big part of my life, but it wasn't my life. I don't sit at Lowe's and wait for people and give them. <laughs> you don't do that. Come on, you, you don't. You yeah, don't pop isn't that up. weird? You don't just. Yeah. You don't just pop up out of the aisle and say, "Hey, I'm going to do your kitchen all free." Yeah, yeah, like that's not. You know, it, it's uh, that was fun and great, and it worked for TV at that time. But times have changed. Things have shifted. It's all about flipping. Yep. And I thought, well, I'm already doing it. So what if I actually film my real life? And not only did I do it, they loved it. We shot the pilot. It took a long time. It was worth every minute. And we went through it. It was a lot of heartache. But at the end of all of it, we got this really great show that is so authentic to who I am and what I do. And it it makes me happy. Like, at the end of Kitchen Crashers, I kind of just started to feel like it was like Groundhog's Day. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, same yeah. thing over and over yeah. and over. Absolutely. So it had run its course, and I, I honestly, I'm just like, you know, I, I'm so thankful for all of that experience, not just in TV, but in design and construction. And, you know, it's just, it's all worked out, you know, and it really has. It's just been a, an awesome transition, and... I'm the happiest I've been in a long time professionally, and it's just doors are opening left and right. With or without the show, I'm going to make some dough. So I'm excited. Well, and I think, and that's, and that is, and that is really good news. And, and what I love about it is because, of course, look, 
not everyone has a television show and most of our listeners are people that do not have that. They are just, you know, your normal everyday people looking to buy or flip or do their own renovations. And you know, the takeaway hearing your story, if someone was saying, I'm getting involved in this game, having the multiple project managers at your becking call really allows you to have the multiple properties. And, and I think that's the only way you'll be able to stay focused because you know your Absolutely. specific you know your specific jobs. There's no way you're going to be able to be on site at seven properties at once. It's just impossible. You're, Not, you don't have that many yeah. hours in a day. Um, right. So it's great to have, again, we always circle it back. It goes back to the team, back to the people in place that allows you to expand. And if your team is allowing you to expand and really open up your business, it's exactly like you said, you're ready. Hey, you know what? Maybe we can do another eight. Maybe your seven turns into 15. Your 15 turns into 25. You never, if the team keeps growing, it's really endless what you could do. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? If you prove that you can be successful and that you are running a tight ship and you know what you're doing, you are going to get people excited and wanting to invest in your company yes. and in your vision. And, and the next thing you know, you've built an empire. And it's, it's a really cool, it's a, it's, a, it's a cool feeling to know that you've worked hard, you've made a lot of mistakes, you've learned a lot of lessons. And, you know, it's, it's just, if you love what you do, it's great. If you're just doing it to make money, then you're the one building those glass Houses. Amen. <laughs> Amen. No oh, glass shit houses. Well, That's it. <laughs> listen, Alice, <clears throat> Allison, we can't thank you enough for all the time. Um, guys, we're going to have all of Allison's contact details in the show notes, websites, social media handles, uh, so you can find her and keep up with what she's doing, her bio, her shows, the whole nine. Um, again, lady, thank you so much. Uh, we cannot oh, wait, fun. cannot wait to hang out with you again. It's been too long. And, I know, uh, I know. We'll, we'll do it. New York soon. Yeah, we'll, sure. we'll look forward to the next get-together. Yeah, Allison. Uh, you know, congrats on, I mean, look, business, phenomenal. I, after seeing Windy City Flip, I, I think it's going to get picked up. So I'm all about the positive vibes. I think it'll happen for you. And um, oh, you know, just just keep guys. on just I, keep on pushing it out, man. Just keep on doing more projects. It's, it's, it's great inspiration for everyone. I will. I will. I thank you guys. And I'm so proud of you again and again and again. Um, love you guys and miss you. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. We sure, we sure will. Thanks again, Allison. This was Bye, Home guys. with the Cousins. Thanks so much for hanging out. We'll talk to you. See you later, guys.